If you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter number five. We're going to begin or continue our series, Contagious. And this morning we're going to be talking about sight, salt, and light. How many of you enjoyed that video? It was, it was really a fun way of explaining it. Um, but there were some key truths in there that we're going to capitalize as we move forward. Uh, Matthew chapter number five. And we'll begin reading in verse 13. When you rise, you can say amen. amen. Just stand to your feet with me, please, as we prepare to read. In honor of God's word. It says that you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Will you please help us, Lord, as we study? Speak to our hearts. And God, I pray that something of this message, Lord, will inspire us to become contagious Christians, that other people seeing us, Father God, will see the God in us and be compelled to investigate, uh, to lay hold of, and be changed by everlasting life. Lord, we love you so much. Use my mind, my mouth, my heart. Father, fashion me according to your purpose that as I preach this morning, that this word will fall on good ground and there will be an enormity of fruit that will derive from it. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, you may be seated in the Lord's presence. As I said, we're continuing our series, uh, Contagious. Uh, we started this series last week, and we kind of opened it up with a bang, uh, just kind of talking about how that everyone matters to God. How many of you believe that? Every person matters to God. Every person. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they've done in life. Every person matters to God. And, and, and that is really kind of the theme of this series. This series is not uh, being promoted as some temporary fix just because we may want to try to get more people in the church like right away. And then, you know, we go back to our way of living um, and, and or being cavalier about our evangelistic uh, evangelistic efforts. But the goal is to get of this series is to get everybody in here pumped up about sharing your faith to get you excited, that this will not be a seasonal thing, but this will become a part of your everyday life until Christ comes back. Are you tracking with me? And so we want you and I, all of us, to be people that really, really uh, 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 become excited and learn the skills necessary in order to reach a generation. As we said last week, uh, if we're not reaching people, 
then something is wrong with what we're doing. At the core of everything that Christ did, he was always reaching people. And if you call yourself a believer today, if you call yourself a Christian today, which most of you are, if not all of you, then you have to take this very, very seriously. You have to become creative in, in, in your ability to reach people. And I understand that sometimes it's, frustrated. Um, it's frustrating, particularly when, when you hear people say, like myself, and we say, hey, you got to reach people. You, you got to win the loss. And, and everybody in here uh, understand the command of Jesus in Matthew 28, go into all the world and make disciples of them and, and teaching them to obey all I command along with you, even to the end of the earth. Everybody here knows it. Everybody here knows if I came up to you and said, do, do you know you're supposed to be sharing your faith, evangelizing? Everybody without question would say, yes, pastor. Yes, I know that. But then sometimes on the back end of it, we're not always good at helping you to know how to do it. Amen. And so part of this series is to help us to figure out a way to present the gospel to a dying world. And when we talk about uh, the gospel message and, the, the, and, and the, the scope of it and what it really means to us, you, all, all you have to do is look back at yourself. How many of you would say that God has really changed your life? Amen. How many of you remember where you were when God came and got you? How many of you realize, how many of you remember how lost you were and how you didn't really have any hope, how you were just trying to figure all of this stuff out? How many know we need to go back and visit every now and then where we were before Christ came? And without a shadow of a doubt, all of us are so excited. We think about the love of God. We get excited. We think to ourselves, wow, man, what God did in my life, it is amazing. And it should excite you to the point that you not just keep it in, but that you go and you tell other people. Why? Because you understand that unless people that I know and love and have a relationship with, if they don't know the Christ that I know, then their lives will be eternally damned forever. This is not a game. This is not something that we just are just cavalierly. Uh, that's a bad, that's, I just made that word up as Yolanda has said on occasion. Uh, this is not something that we just haphazardly just kind of going through the motions, amen? A teacher over here is always telling me I'm butchering the language at times, but, and I make up stuff, but y'all get the point still, amen? And so we want to be people, we want to be people that understand the urgency of the moment and that this becomes a part of our our daily living, that we are reaching people. I said last week, and I want to echo the same sentiments today, that, that, that there's no greater joy than you have as a Christian. No greater joy, I really mean this with all of my heart, than to see somebody come to faith in Jesus Christ and they turn their life over to him and their lives are transformed. There's no greater joy than you would ever get. Nothing. I, I, I think of my brother who my wife and I brought in, and I remember all the words that people said to me. Oh, don't bring him in your house. Oh, you know, he's out dealing drugs. Oh, he's on the street toting guns at 13 years of age. And I heard all these things of people telling me, no, 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 no. And all I knew is that, that love compelled me and God spoke to me and said, go get him and bring him in. And I brought him in, and it's amazing. I'm sitting here today, and I saw pictures of him, and my brother is, is at a part of a, a large ministry. He's standing there, and, and he's one of the associate pastors there, and I'm, I'm looking at him, 
And I think about the guy I met with the plats and the guns and the crack in his pocket. He's preaching the gospel and he has a beautiful family and God has blessed him. And every time I every time I think about a doubt or a second where where I I, I, if something don't go right, if I think for for a brief moment, if the enemy tries to to make me think it's not worth it, I think of him. And I think of you and I think of the people that we've been able to touch. I want you to participate in that. You become a part of this. That you too are the bearers of truth. Jesus said that we're the, we're the light of the world. We're going to get to it in a second. But, but, but Paul also said that we have a treasure in this earthen vessel. How many know that this gospel is treasure? It is beautiful. It's life changing. This is life. And I want you to get so, so excited about this. And so... We're going to begin the process of explaining how to become a contagious Christian. You know, when you get a disease, particularly like the flu, or it used to be back in the day when leprosy, and they had no cure for leprosy, they were quarantining you, amen? They will put you away out of the public view because they didn't want you to infect anybody else. In fact, I see how some of you act here when somebody get a cold. Y'all start ducking and jumping, and you don't want nobody sneezing, and you know, because you don't want to catch the cold. But, but we want you to catch Christianity. Amen. We want you to be contagious. Your faith is meant to be contagious and spread. You want to spread the love of God. And, and listen, we don't want no cure for that because it's, it's self-curing. Amen? Amen? We want this disease to spread. I believe that this church, and I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Pastor, how can you say that? Because I just believe God. And no matter what it looks like in the, in, the, in, the, in the natural, I walk according to the spirit. But I believe that this thing can catch on, that every one of us get excited about sharing our faith and evangelizing and bringing people in, that this thing can become contagious and explode within a month. That every chair could be filled if the people of God would get lit up and get on fire and say, let me go out here and see what God will do. Said last week, give God a chance. God loves people. Even the ones that you don't like. <laughs> he loves them. God's love is unconditional. He's not willing that any perish, but all come to the knowledge of the truth. So God, God will not stop loving. He, 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 it's, 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 he's going to keep doing it. And I know that sometimes, thank God, I, I say this often, but thank God that I'm not your God. I thank God that you're not my God because you wouldn't treat me right. <laughs> I wouldn't treat you right. God loves you. He loves people. And we want our faith. How dare can we sit and hold this thing, come to church every Sunday when we drive our car by people at the traffic light who don't know them? And we make our quick turn in the church. We come in, we do our thing, and, 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 and we can get pretty content with that. People in church can get content. If you're a church that got five, six hundred people, you can be content with five, six hundred people because we're doing church. But it doesn't really matter it, you know, for the amount of people to come in a church, there are quadruple more out there who don't know God. So we never want to be complacent. Amen. Amen. We never want to be complacent. And, 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 and I want to, I'm praying this morning, you want to say, Pastor, would you, I'm praying that the whole, I'm just speaking to you from my heart. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would set a fire on all of us to just get busy about the work, not just getting busy, but doing stuff, but just really get busy about the work of touching lives and reaching people. Um, let's look at um, Matthew, chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 5. 
Excuse me, Matthew chapter number five, uh, verses 13 and 16. We, we kind of, this is our foundational text this morning. Um, Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. Now, Jesus is making this very personal. He's making it very personal. He says, you are the salt of the earth. So I want you, if you have a Bible, write your name there because it's your Bible. <laughs> so you can write in it and it's okay. God won't get mad if you write in your Bible. Trust me, I wrote all over mine. Write your name there. Larry is the salt of the earth. Diva is the salt of the earth. Jeff is the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. This is personal. Amen. So let's talk about what salt does. How many like salt? I like how the, the clip said that, that you know, a lot, of days, a lot of times in our society, man, we run away from salt because it does have the capacity to give you high blood pressure, as the clip said. But salt has another purpose. Now, we can't really know exactly, as we read this, when Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, that could mean a whole number of things. And I'll tell you what I think. I believe that Jesus was really trying to, the message that he was sending, you know, uh, in this particular text. But I want to explain what salt does. Because if Jesus said you're the salt of the earth, how many know we need to think about what is salt? All right? Jesus, he don't throw words out there just for keeps. Salt makes us thirsty, amen? That's what salt does. That's why, so I heard, and I want to emphasize, so I heard, that when you go to bars, you know, and you drink, that one of the things they do is they put down peanuts and pretzels and they give it to you for free. You know why? Because they believe that you're going to drink more and spend more money. Because salt makes you thirsty. Um, I, when I first came into the kingdom, one of the key things that got me interested in God, matter of fact, it wasn't one of the things. It was the one thing. I mean, all my life I grew up in the church, but it was one thing that I saw that made me say, I want that. And it was my cousin. And I stayed with him for the summer. I was in college. And I stayed with him during the summer. And... Um, and, you know, and, you know, and I used to think, you know, you know how you people act in public. You, you, a lot of times you want to see what they're really like behind closed doors. You know, you know, is this really real? They were always cordial, very nice. But then I got to, I got, I get to live with you for a whole summer. So I get to see what you're really like. And all, I mean, every single day they were a husband and wife couple, but they were just so nice to each other. They, they did devotions together and they prayed together and everything was, thank you. I appreciate, do you want this baby? Yes, thank you. I appreciate. And so, and I, so I, this went on for about a couple of months. And so I just, want, I just stopped and I said, I said, okay, okay. I just stopped and I said, are y'all faking or what? This can't be real. I mean, really, I mean, you know, because I'm sitting there looking at this every day and I'm thinking to myself, I mean, this is amazing. And all I can tell you is something stirred in me. And it created a thirst in me. And I said, you know, whatever you got, the only thing they required me to do was go to church every Sunday, but they didn't make me. They said, we just want you to go to church with us. All I can tell you is that because of their righteous living and because of what I saw, it created a thirst in me. I said, I want that. How many know the people need to look at our lives and say, I want that. I want what you got. I want, I, I see that joy. I see that peace. I see all of that. I want a part of that. Salt makes us thirsty. Number two, salt spices up things. When we eat bland food, how many know we have a tendency to reach for the salt to enhance the flavor? Salt can almost bring anything back to life. Amen? 
And what Jesus was probably saying is that when Christians live right, it brings a beauty and a purity to the lives of those who are around us. Righteousness spices up things. Amen. Salt also, third thing is salt preserves. Salt preserves. In fact, before Frigidaire, uh, salt was used primarily to keep food from spoiling. That's what they use for some cultures. Obviously, they still do a big part of that today. But what Jesus was possibly saying there is that when we live Christ-honoring lives, it holds back the moral decay of society. It preserves what is good. See, as a Christian being the salt of the earth, you are one that wants to preserve and to cling to everything that is good. So if you're in an environment and the conversation is going in a way that is evil, it's going in a way that doesn't promote the kingdom and the agenda of God. You have to be that salt right there to say, no, this is the way you should do it. Amen. You follow what I'm saying? So we don't participate. If somebody giving a dirty joke, if somebody is saying things that are ungodly, unholy, we don't sit there and say, yeah. No, we, we, we just say, no, we, we point to the truth. You see, salt preserves and it protects what is good and right. And so, and so we look for opportunities as Christians when we're in an environment, how many know that people are watching you even when you don't think they're watching you? Amen. And the minute you say that, I'm a Christian, let me tell you something, they got their eyes on you. That should not scare you if you're walking right. But they're looking at you, right? Why are they looking at you? Because they want some reason to justify they're not wanting to come into conformity to the reality of truth. They've got to change their ways. How many know it's not hard? It's, it's, it's not easy for people to change their ways. When people get stuck in their sin, and they like, how many know sin is fun? Somebody say amen. amen. For a season. But the wages of sin is what? At some point, you've got to pay up. You cannot keep disobeying God and there be no consequence to a people, to a nation. It doesn't matter. Whatever God says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that the Bible is the word of God and it's true. And it supersedes all truth. How many know even the Constitution? I said even the Constitution has to bow to the book. The Bible, the word of God. And so salt preserves it protects what is good. So you got to ask yourself the question, when, my, when I'm in my environment, my spheres of influence, what is the tenor of my conversation? Is my conversation God honoring and God promoting, or do I participate and allow people to think wrong? If somebody said to you, man, you know, I, I, I say, you know, I, you know, I work around a bunch of law enforcement officers and, and, and you know, and, and, you know, a lot of times the guys say stuff like, man, she's hot. And I'll say stuff like, yeah, your wife is hot, too. I bet she's hotter. You pay attention to her. <laughs> you know what I just did? I just changed the conversation. I didn't sit there and say, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, no. I said, I said, brother, you, you need to because I see that the way you're thinking about this is not in line with what. Is right. So salt preserve. Everybody say preserves. Preserve. But here's what I really think Jesus was getting at as I studied this passage of scripture. There are two things, and you can jot these down if you like. For some reason, my, my iPad is tripping this morning. What I think Jesus meant more than likely was this. Number one, there's two things I think Jesus meant as relate to salt in this passage. That salt must be potent enough 
to have an effect. Salt must be potent in order to have an effect. So think about potency. Salt, Jesus says, that loses its flavor is good for what? Nothing. All right? So I want you to think about it. Salt is only as good as it is potent. See? Salt is no good. How many of you have ever had salt? That, they got this thing out there. I don't know what you call it, um, but I've seen this thing out there, and it's, uh, they, they call it no salt, but it's some kind of salt, but it ain't really salt. And I tried it. I'm like, oh, this ain't working. No, this, this, is not, this is not salt. All right? This, 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 is, this is not working. But Jesus said that if your salt loses its flavor, then here's what he's saying, that people just walk over you. They don't pay attention to you. You don't have any potency. Well, pastor, what do you mean potency? In other words, the more Christ is dominating your life. Are y'all still with me? The more Christ is Lord over your life, the more he has rulership over your life, the more potent you will become. Make sense? So my potency is related to my surrender to God. The more I surrender to Christ, the more potent I become as a Christian. That's so important that you get that. Because Jesus says, he asked the disciple one time, why do you call me Lord and you don't do the things that I say? So if I want to be salt that, that makes a difference, how many know that I have to, I have to deal with me? I want, how many of you want to be a high potent Christian? Amen. Amen. You want to be potent. So what does high potency comes from? It comes as a result of a couple things. Obviously, you can prayer life, uh, being around other contagious Christians. How many know it helps when you're around other Christians who are on fire for God? And whenever you feel down, one of the things that anyone always tells you to do is stay to yourself, get to yourself, and don't bother with people. Let me tell you something. The best thing you can do is get around some people that love God, who's filled with the Spirit of God, because how many know it'll rub off on you? It'll help you. Being in uh, small group fellowships where people are real, look at the name and say, are you real with me? So how many know we got to be real with each other? We can't, be, we can't be faking it. Amen? Ain't nothing fake about this. It's serving and contributing in a biblically-centered church, trying to actively share your faith with others while experiencing successes and failures along the way. High potency. Potency means that, 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 that I live a life by which, um, you know, uh, it's in check. It's, it's, in, it's in submission to God. That's what makes me potent. Because if I don't live that way, then when I speak, my words fall to the ground. How many of you want your words falling to the ground? Nobody. You want your words to have power? Submit. Number two, I believe Jesus was saying here about salt, that salt must get close to whatever it will affect. Now, so we talked about potency. The second thing is proximity. Everybody say proximity. Proximity, proximity is important, right? Because in order for salt to be effective, Salt must be poured out on something, right? If you're sitting at the table, how many of you like salt? I already told you about my mother. My mother got it. My, mo my mother's a saltaholic. <laughs> I don't even know if it's such a, I make that one up. I think that's legit. Saltaholic. Uh, my mother, she pours it. She puts salt on some, she puts salt on pie. I mean, she gets, I got, don't ask me, just pray, okay? Just pray. <laughs> I don't make this stuff up. I'm just, my mother is. 
<laughs> she's that. And she'll bring her own. And like she come to my house, she'll pack on size. No mom, no more salt. She just whoop it right off her purse. A big old bottle. Like, okay, I give up. But maybe, maybe mom is on to something here. Maybe mom is saying, hey, I'm a high potent Christian. Maybe my mother's trying to teach me something all these years because of my hard head. But salt must get close to whatever it's going to affect. So if you're sitting at the table and you got salt shakers on the table, for an example, right? You got a salt shaker on the table. And, and that salt shaker or that salt does not do you any good until you pick it up and you pour it on something. You shake it, right? Because if the salt is not being applied, then guess what happens? The salt is just an ornament on the table. Are you an ornament Christian? All right, let me, let me, let me help you because some of you really don't understand what I mean. Okay, so, so we need potency and we need proximity. Y'all got those two words? Amen. Potency has to do with your walk, your submitting to the Lordship of Christ, all right? Proximity has to do with you being in an area, uh, come up here, sister, uh, where, where you are, you've been in a position where you are rubbing off on somebody else, right? Amen. Because salt, in order for it to be effective, must be what? Applied. applied. All right? It must be applied. And so, so we have to be potent and we have to be in a position whereby we can apply our salt, whereby we can make a difference in the lives of other people. So we got some Christians, right? We got some believers. So you got to have both. Agree? Amen. You got to have both because you can be a high potent Christian. You can be a Christian that is potent. I mean, man, you got a strong prayer life. You love the Lord and you know more Bible than, than, than the Apostle Paul. You know, you can know all the, you can know all the scriptures up and down. But if you don't get yourself in position to help somebody, it doesn't mean nothing. You're just an ornament Christian. You got knowledge, you got information, but you ain't rubbing off on nobody. Won't be under us if we've been Christian for 5, 10, 15 years and we got nobody that we're pouring into. Paul said at the end of his life that I, my life is like a drink offering. Paul said, I'm, I'm, my life been poured out. Come on, somebody. You need to pour out your life into other people. You need to be thinking that way. Those who are, particularly those of you who've been saved more than a year, you need to be pulling somebody to the side and you need to be pouring into them investing into them because if you don't you'll be a Christian full of knowledge but you'll never make a difference Amen. so I, if, now you can be the other way too you can have proximity right you can be around people in the atmosphere oh, I'm a people person you ever make people like that I'm a people person but if you're not potent you still won't make no difference if you're not walking with God Amen. so uh, did I make any sense so you have to have potency and proximity say it with me Potency and proximity, you have to have both if we're going to be true salt that is effective uh, in the earth. Now, Jesus also says something else. Let's talk about light here for a moment. Light. Talk about light. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Again, we're going back to that you. He's making it personal. I want you to think for a moment that in a bedroom... They used to have inside of a bedroom a uh, bed. Y'all help me preach my sermon. What, what, what's bed? What else? A dresser. What else is in the bedroom? Lamp. 
uh, your dirty clothes on. <laughs> right? So you have all these different things in your bedroom. Uh, now, if the light is off and you walk into the room or you're about to walk into the room and the light is off, you can't see it. And for some of us, it's a good thing. Because, you know, our room sometimes is jacked up. I ain't going to talk about my kids. Y'all know I'm not going to talk about my kids. But when the light comes on, what does the light do? It illuminates. I can't tell you how many times, I'm going to talk about my kids. I can't tell you how many times I walked in my kids' room. And, the, and it's dark. And I hit the light. And I, oh, whoa, whoa, what happened here? <laughs> light illuminates things. It brings clarity. Light uh, helps us, to, it helps people to see and reason and understand. It carries the idea that you have to know how to articulate your faith. Are you saying with me? Amen. That you got to, see, so in other words, so you need to look at yourself as an illuminator. Say, I'm an illuminator. That's what you are. So your job is to help people. So when you're in environments, when people start saying stuff like, uh, I'm, I'm hurt and I don't know what to do. I'm bitter and I don't know what to do. I'm, I don't, I'm not forgiving people. And I don't, you know, let's say they're battling with unforgiveness. Let's say they're battling with hate. Let's say they're racist. Amen. Let's just say that they're uh, uh, battling with lust. And whatever the case might be, you are supposed to be able to show them what God says about that issue. Not your opinion, but what God's word says. So as a light of the world, you're bringing illumination. You're taking the life that they're living, in, living and you're bringing it into the context of, 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 of everyday life. You're bringing the word of God into their situation. You're illuminating. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, I like this verse. It says, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts. In other words, set them apart and always be ready. To give a defense to everyone who asks you. Can I ask you a question this morning? Are you ready to give a defense to anybody who asks you about your faith? Can you do it? Let me ask you a second question. Can you do it according to what the book says? If somebody, nobody should be sitting around saying, you know, uh, I don't know what to do because I got this problem. And you got all that light in you. See, light illumines. Well, let me, let me tell you what God says about this. Let me help bring you some, bring some closure. Let me help bring some understanding to what you're going through. Let me help you with this. That's what light does. Light, it illumines. Second Timothy says this. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we have to be people who are prepared. Look at the Ephesians chapter 5. We're almost done. Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, verse number 8. We get there, say amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness. Everybody say, I used to live that way. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how Paul kind of presupposes that, that you don't live that way anymore? 
What does that say to you about Christianity? About our faith? We're growing, we're changed. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. That's who you are. Every now and then, you have to remind people who they are. Amen? Amen. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and in truth. So the fruit of the what is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is in all righteousness, goodness, and truth. So anything that's right, good, and truth, that has to do with light. That's light. So I want to, so how many know if I'm lying, if I'm deceiving, if I'm manipulating, if I'm not being truthful, how many know I'm walking in darkness? Y'all don't want to say, say amen. It's darkness. But if it's right and it's good, I'm clinging to that. I'm going to cling to that because that's where I need to be. He says, well, now, in verse number 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That word fellowship has to do with partnership, has to do with being in sync, communion. He said, have no fellowship. In other words, I am not going to participate in the works of evil. Then say I'm not going to be around evil people. There's a difference, amen? How many know that you're around evil people every day? Or you're around ungodly people. That's probably a more politically correct way to say it. You are around ungodly people every single day, right? Especially if you got a job outside of home, you're dealing with it. And you, even when you're at home, you're walking. I mean, you live around. I mean, they're there. Um, and so, obviously, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. The Bible says that we are sojourners. We're only here temporarily. Stop trying to make this your permanent home. We're just sojourners. We're just passing through. Amen? Amen. So we're passing through. He says now, he said, have no fellowship. So in other words, I will, can be around you, but I ain't going to participate in the wrongdoing. Why? Because I want to stay in the light. How many want to stay in light? So I want to stay in light. So, so, so look, I'm not going to participate if that's wrong. And who determines what's right and what's wrong? God does. Not people's opinion, not what everybody votes on. Amen? Amen. I know that's, boy, I know. You, you see what I'm saying? Amen. What people vote on. People don't decide laws. There's no law that supersedes God's law. So we get our cue from what's right or wrong from the Bible. This is where we get our cue. This is where we figure out what's right or wrong. Not because, ever, not because a million or whatever people vote and say, yeah, we want this. How many know you better be voting for this? Amen. I don't care what your political persuasion is. Republican, Democrat, Independent, nothing, whatever you, listen, support this. Because you don't want to get in trouble with this. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's the book. It's about the book. So he said, I'm not going to participate in it. The unfruitful works of darkness. But rather, watch this, expose them. Now, when some people think of exposing, here's what they think sometimes. Well, Pastor, you mean that I just got to, I, I go to the brother and I just grab him by the throat and I just, I just hit him with the Bible across his head. You stupid Dumb sinner. You need to get your life together. God's going to. Ah. For some people, you might have to do that way. But, but generally, <laughs> generally speaking, no, that's not what he means. You can expose darkness. Not necessarily. You, know, you can be just as loving as you are because you love the Lord. Right. So y'all are sweet people anyway. Amen. Amen. Y'all got Y'all are sweet people. You, you're, you're delightful people. But every single time. I can, I can gently tell somebody 
you're wrong and I can expose your sin by the way I respond to it and what I say out of my mouth about it. So when I expose, how many know that, that when you are, the Bible says you're a living epistle read of men, Paul said. So when people are reading your life, they're looking at your life, they're, they're, you, you got to understand you become, if you're walking with God, you become a walking conviction if they're not walking with God. You convict them by your very presence. And I used to cry over that. I used to get upset about that because I like people, man. I like to be like. How many of you like to be like? You, when you go to lunch and dinner, you know, with your brothers, you want to go to lunch with them. You want them to say, hey, come on, you want to go? I mean, I used to get to a point that, that people didn't want to ask me out to lunch. I'd be like, why y'all want to go to me lunch? Y'all ask everybody, nobody told me. Y'all going to lunch, y'all eating that. You know, because they don't, and, and I realized that in, in some way, in some, you know, and it was communicated to me indirectly that I just, I, I, I don't approve of what they do so they don't feel as comfortable. Then I begin to wear it as a bad. Say, that's all right. That's cool. That's where it's supposed to be. Not that I'm wanting to be away from people. Remember I said salt got to be applied. Amen. So you got to be around ungodly people. Get around ungodly people. I'm telling you as your pastor, look, and I'll take it. Get around ungodly people. Just don't participate in the unfruitful works of darkness. Amen. Go there with a mission. So we're done. So in closing, here's what we do. So it's not just enough to be salt, right? You got to be salt and you got to be light. You got to illuminate as well. You see, one of the things, and this is what Bill Hybel said in his book, Contagious Christianity. I just want to quote this. He says, too many believers assume that if they, are just, if they just live out their faith in an open and consistent fashion, perhaps people will want it and figure out a way to get it for themselves. Or, he said, they figure that these people will come and ask them what makes their lives so special. Honestly, it almost never happens. In other words, here's what he's saying. There are times when people will, in fact, come to us and say, man, what is it about your life? I want that. I was one of those. But the majority of the people will not do it that way. At some point, you got to illuminate. At some point, you got to open your mouth. And so you need to be creative and figure out ways to do it. Amen? Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word this morning, and I thank you, Lord, that you have, you're motivating us in a fresh way, Lord, to be evangelists, to share our faith. And I know for some of us, Lord, sharing our faith is quite intimidating. And Lord, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice, if they feel somewhat uncomfortable about sharing their faith, help them to identify those areas in their life that they need to shore up so that they will feel uncomfortable no more. Father, I pray that we will be exceedingly fruitful, Lord, as a people, Lord, as we uh, have a, a great opportunity, even in the life of our own church, Lord, to reach people and to change lives. Father, whatever we need to do to be more effective in our outreach efforts, Lord, do you give us the grace and the wisdom to do that. But Lord, give us a passion for people. I pray that this week, Lord, that you will bring people in all of our path that we can share, pray with them. And Father God, hopefully lead somebody to the uh, living water to drink of everlasting life. God, I pray that, um, God, that 
in this church that there would just be an explosion, Lord God, of souls and people being transformed, people getting saved, people, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that, um, Lord, as we're um, just beginning to uh, reach out and, and do so many things, Lord, to reach our community, that, God, that you would go before us because you have to prepare the hearts of men. You have to prepare their hearts, God. And we, we're, we're so glad, Lord, that, um, that you allow us to be co-laborers uh, with you, Lord. And we want to be contagious. Help us to be contagious Christians. Lord, for those of us who, Lord, who haven't really, um, Father, really shared our faith much. And Lord, we really haven't led too many people to Christ. We really have, we don't talk that much about it simply because we just are not out doing it. I pray, God, that you will forgive us. And God, I pray you will light a fire over us. And you know who you are this morning. Just take a moment. If the Holy Spirit has convicted you about this issue of just sharing your faith, reaching out to people, just uh, take a moment. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and show you what you need to do. This is just between you and God. Just take a moment and ask the Lord to speak to you about whether or not you're a contagious Christian and how he can help you to get there. Everybody, um, everybody who have a passion to reach people, you have a desire to reach people. I just want you to come up here. Just come up to the altar, please. I didn't do that to put anybody on blast. I just want everyone who's serious about reaching people. You really want to reach people for God. Um, what I want to do, because it's, it's not a lot of people here today, but what I want to do, um, first of all, who have a passion to reach the lost? Who have a passion? Does anybody here have a passion for it? Come on, I'm going to pray with you. Does anybody else have a passion for it? A passion. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Father God, no man can come to you unless you draw them by your Holy Spirit. Yet and still, you raise up men and women to reach the masses, to reach the people, to reach friends and neighbors and co-workers. You give them special grace and special anointing. God, these two this morning have confessed that they have a passion. God, they have a passion, Lord God. They didn't, they're not asking for more stuff. They have a passion for to reach souls. Grant them their requests. Make them exceedingly fruitful. Anoint them with the right words, the right speech. Anoint them with the giftedness, Lord, to be able to 
to, uh, to lay hands on people and see them recover. Uh, Lord, to speak uh, prophetically into the lives of those that they're reaching, God. Equip them with every spiritual gift needed for the moment. God, I pray that they will have a mass of people following behind them. And I pray, God, that you would give them courage because there will be times when they will be tempted to give up. They will be frustrated. This is not an easy work. God, I pray that you would empower them and give them the grace to persevere. And God, that they will gain fruit and their fruit will remain. Sanctify them, Lord, and set them apart. Set them apart, Lord. Set them apart for your glory. Pour into them an overflowing Father God, of love for the lost, love for the hurting, that as they go, that they're going, God, with boldness, with confidence. And God, I want you to do this. I want you, uh, Lord, to manifest your presence. I'm asking that they will feel your presence, Lord. In fact, Lord, I pray that every time they get ready to open their mouth, or, Lord God, whatever, Father, a moment comes, that you would quicken them in their, in their spirit, Lord. And I pray that you would help them to hear clearer, more precise, to know exactly who to talk to and when to talk to them and who out there, Lord, that you're trying to reach. Give them a double portion, God, of the spirit of evangelism. God, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. I wanna just pray for you, all of you, but listen, This is what I've tried to do here this morning, and, and I probably fell short in some ways. God has convicted me, so I know if he's convicted me, that he's convicted you. And they're so easy to get um, busy with process and doing things, right? It's so, be, it's so busy to be busy. It's so easy to be busy on Sunday morning, which is coming to church and doing stuff that you can be so busy that you can be that guy or you can be those, those Pharisees that were on their way to the temple to worship God and see the man just lying on the road, wounded, and you walk on the other side because you're too busy to stop, because you're trying to do church. I don't want to do church. Do you hear me? I don't want to do church. I've done church. I'm doing it all my life. We need to reach the souls. We need to be contagious. I need every one of you in here to make a serious commitment today going forward that, that I am going to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that I'm going to listen for His voice, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make myself available to touch the people that God has called me to reach. And, 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 and that this will not be something that you ever forget lightly. But from this day forward, that you're looking for opportunities. And when they come, because I'm going to pray that this morning, your eyes are going to get open. Your eyes are going to be open suddenly right here this morning. Your eyes are going to get open, and you're going to see stuff that you haven't been seeing. Because the Holy Spirit is working in that way right now. And you're going to see stuff, and you're going to be like, man, I've been looking at this for months. I never saw that. People are hungry right now, and they've been trying to get your attention. 
but perhaps you've been too busy. I want you to pray with me to ask God to give you a passion for people. And I want you to really be available also to invest in the people that God will send you to reach. Everybody here, God is sending you. Whether you realize it or not, you're sent to reach people. There are people out there that I will never be able to reach, but you will. Some of you got personalities, your makeup is designed. You know, some people need people that are in your face kind of people. Some of you advanced, some of you will do it that way. You're just in your face. Some of you are a little bit more laid back. But however God has gifted you, you reach. And let's make a serious commitment to say, Lord, that we, this, is, this is our house. This is what God has planned us. God has put us right here to make a difference. And let's stop driving by and let's stop every now and then and say, can I help you? Father, just reach your hands to the heavens. Just as a, this is an act of surrender. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would just anoint your people today. God, give us a passion for souls, God. Give us a passion, Lord. Give us a hunger, Lord. I pray this morning, God, I pray this morning, God, that you would just release us, Lord God, afresh, God. Release us, Lord, to love the unlovable. Release us, Lord, to preach the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ. Release us, Lord, to speak with authority. Release us, Lord, from sin and all those things that bind us and, and that keep us from doing what we should do. Release us, Lord God, from uh, Lord God, just being too busy. Release us, Father God. Release us, Lord God, from fear. Release us from doubt and unbelief. Release us, Father God, from being so, Father, into ourselves. Release us, Father God, to step out into places that, Lord, some people are afraid to go. God, I pray that opportunities, Lord, here's what I'm praying, Lord, I'm asking that you do, Lord, God, I pray that you would open opportunities for all of us, Lord. And here's what I'm saying, Lord. Open our eyes to the broken and to the wounded, to the hungry, to the thirsty. Open our eyes, God. Open our eyes to see what you see. Open our eyes, God. And give us the hunger, Lord. And give us what we need, the right words, the right verbiage. And yes, the right heart. Because God, this is our purpose in the earth. And I pray that contagious Christianity will explode in this church. But Lord, it's going to happen through every individual. Now, Lord God, I'm praying that as your people walk out in faith, that God, that, that, that they can't even get to where they need to go because they will see all around them the broken, the wounded, and the hurting. And that, God, that we will not do church as usual, but that, Lord, sometimes it will be inconvenient. The Lord is saying that sometimes it's going to be inconvenient. And the Lord, in fact, the Lord just spoke to me that that is the biggest hindrance. God just spoke to me. It's inconvenience. It's, it's not according to your schedule. God is saying relinquish your schedule to me. That's what he's saying. He says, I'm your schedule. He says, I'm in charge of your breathing this morning. He says, I am your life. 
and I've called you. I will, he said, seek me first and I will do the rest. And so, and so let's just be obedient to the Lord this morning. Just repeat after me, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your son. I thank you for saving me, giving me life, giving me hope. Lord, lead me, guide me, use me to reach the ungodly, to reach the broken. God, help me see where you are at work so I can join in with you. Holy Spirit, empower me, fill me, use me to reach the broken. Lord God, I'm available for you. Use me as you see fit. I'm your servant. From this moment forward, let me never be the same. But I'm changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Amen. Well, I guess since we're all up here, we'll just go ahead and close from here. Amen. Listen, go out, tell somebody about the love of God. I mean, go out and do it. Go out and make it your commitment. Get it radical. Do something crazy this week. Do something crazy. Just do something crazy. Let's see what God will do. Let's lift our hands once again. Now to him who, is, who will keep us from falling, who will present us faultless, hallelujah, before his throne of grace with joy, with peace, happiness. Father, we thank you so much. Father, will you protect us as we leave this place, but never from your presence. I pray a double anointing of favor and grace over every person under the sound of my voice. That, Father God, you protect our families, our homes, our children, our possession, God. That you would keep us in good health, Lord God. And that we will prosper as our souls prosper. And that, God, that you will put a testimony in all of our mouth. Because, Lord God, we are committed, Father, to sharing our faith and reaching those who don't know you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God and praise as you go home. Be blessed and see you next week. Sing a little louder than before.